gentlemen, welcome to the Bald Steve Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the Bald Steve Dynasty Fantasy Football League right here in Ireland. Your host, Alan Byrne, alongside as ever, Boo Earns himself, Owen Byrne. Owen, a rough week for the podcasters this week. Hello, Alan. Another dismal week of fantasy football has come upon me. <laughs> Bad, bad play. Another dismal week for the Bears. Considering retirement. Considering retirement. Ooh. Changes afoot. Changes afoot. Yes. A lot to talk about again. The bad news, Owen, is that we are already halfway through the fantasy football regular season. It's dismal. That's not... The bad news just keeps coming out. It just keeps piling on. It's dismal times. The, the season's going too fast. I don't like it. Yeah. We say it every year. We are now halfway through the regular season. 14 weeks of regular season action. Seven in the books. Things are tight in the Balls Deep Dynasty Fantasy Football League. For some. So, yeah, for some. Let's get into the news. <laughs> you with some knowledge all righty a look around the nfl this week had a lot of blowouts in the nfl this week um giants got a big win 25 to 3 over the panthers patriots hammered the jets 54 to 13 that's their 12th straight win over the beleaguered new york jets who lost quarterback zach wilson and have had to trade for Previous quarterback, Joe Flacco, which doesn't bode confidence. Horrendous. Horrendous. We'll get into the injury uh, talk in a minute. The Tennessee Titans pull off a big one, hammering the Kansas City Chiefs 27-3. Andy Reid is now 1-8 and as a record against the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> By far and away, the worst record against any franchise in his storied coaching career that is dismal oh my days they have the worst defense in the league they're so trash they are very bad and of course Patrick Mahomes took a shot left the game went through concussion could have came back in but they said nah you're good yeah. we're goosed here he's alright he's not going to miss anything indeed the Falcons overcame the Dolphins with a, a field goal towards the end of that game Falcons almost falconed themselves once more. Were in total control till they found themselves behind with only minutes to go. Kyle Pitts has the second most receiving yards by a rookie tight end since 1970. The boy coming good on his uh, preseason uh, proclamation that this guy could be the greatest to play the position. Yeah, I didn't buy into it. Thought it was a bit overhyped, but uh, he's coming good. He's coming good. Yeah, well, he's playing most of his uh, most of his snaps from a wide receiver position, so he'd want to be taking those uh, yeah, taking those that's yards. Sure. The Cincinnati Bengals came up with a huge one, hammering the Ravens forty-one to seventeen to put down a statement in the NFC AFC North and across the NFL. These boys are humming. Yeah, twenty-eight unanswered points at the end of this one to. Blow out the Ravens in the end. They fell apart. 
Yeah, their largest margin of victory against Baltimore in history. The Lions. Jared Garf came up against his old team, the Rams, and Stafford and his old team. Rams coming out on top 28-19. The Detroit Lions now 0-7 to start the season, but they seem like one of the better 0-7 teams. They, they've fought hard in some of these games, but just don't have the quality to, to get over the hump. Yeah, yeah, it's not but, all doom and gloom like it would be. It has been in the past for other teams, like the Jets and Jags last season, for example. But uh, they just can't get the W, and they're just they're lacking a bit of quality in several key areas, and that's that's their big issue. Goff's just not good enough. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Their own seven start for the first time since two thousand and eight, and in two thousand eight, they went zero and sixteen. I love to see it. Ominous. Ominous. Raiders got themselves a big win over the Eagles, 33-22, and they are a 5-2 start. Their first time since 2016 when they went 12-4 with that big, big season from Derek Carr. He's still pulling the strings. Arizona Cardinals, 7-0 for the second time in team history. Hammering the Houston Texans, 31-5. And again, as we've talked before, looking good on both sides of the ball. Close your ears on, Chicago Bears embarrassed by the Buccaneers 38-3 this is such an embarrassment they gave Tom Brady most of the second half off they said Tom you're you're just too good too good to be playing this game yep um, Tom was at home he probably watched the fourth quarter with his feet up sipping a beer in his own house this was uh, such an embarrassing result uh, the Bears are trash and we just proved it tough going also, little could be said for myself. My 49ers beating at home once more by the Indianapolis Colts. 49ers started the game with running the ball, slicing and dicing, and then they decided, nah, let's steer away from that and throw the ball instead and lose the game. Yeah, much like uh, Matt Nagy. Tough stuff in the rain. Much like uh, Matt Nagy, uh, Kyle Shanahan's head could be on the chopping block soon. Could be, could be. Indianapolis Colts, that's their fifth straight win against San Francisco 49ers. And then Monday night, we had a putrid matchup between the Saints and Seahawks. The battle of Jameis Winston versus... Uh... Geno Smith. Oh, Geno Smith. Oh. Surrendous. Putrid stuff. This is, that's the worst game of the season so far. Like, of any it week, it's, it was a horrendous game. It was horrific. Absolutely true. There was more punts, I think, than first downs. Yeah. It was... Oh, it was, it was only for Alvin Kamara stole the show. Looked like Alvin Kamara of old. Yeah, and one big oh, play oh, from DK. That was, that was the two highlights of the game. And they were the highlights. Miserable. Indeed. Indeed. Um, there were, of course, some more injuries. We talked about Paddy Mahomes, but he's unlikely to miss some time. Uh, but there were injuries. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Zach Wilson uh, earlier. He got injured. He's going to miss uh, two to four weeks. And they have signed Joe Flacco to replace him, uh, which is not an upgrade in my opinion. In fact, it could actually be a downgrade. He is horrendous, and he's just got older with age, um, and worse worse with age even. I'd, I'd hope he got older with he age. He is total trash. One of the worst quarterbacks to have a Super Bowl ring, in my opinion, in the history of the NFL. He's horrendous. <laughs> this is going to be a bad show. 
Anyway, Juno, uh, John U. Smith got uh, injured his shoulder for um, the Patriots, but looks like he might be ready to go next week. They might just give him a shot. He'll be able to play, but, you know, snap count might be down. Something to keep an eye on. Malcolm Brown, running back for the Dol- uh, Dolphins, injured. Might see more snaps for the likes of Gaskin and Ahmed. Deami Brown, rookie wide receiver in Washington, injured. Miles Sanders picked up a knock. Looks like he might miss a little bit of time, probably not too much. And Jalen Waddle got the, oh, desperately unwanted high ankle sprain for a wide receiver. He could be in a spot yeah. about her. Indeed, indeed. Not quite a smattering of injuries we've seen in other weeks, but still things to watch on your squads. Now, last piece of news. Zach Ertz, his gloves and football are on their way to the Hall of Fame. How come on? Yeah, uh, he has become the first uh, player in history to score on back-to-back weeks in the same season for two different teams. Well done to Zach Ertz. Ooh, absolutely. And that is just such a surprising stat to me, given the you know, the trades that go on with wide receivers and tight ends... Uh, Year in, year yeah, out. Yeah, it seems like one that would have happened before, but yeah. Uh, the Cardinals tweeted out the other day, it was the first time, and the NFL retweeted it. Indeed, indeed. Alright, that's it for the news after week seven. Let's get into our week seven rundowns. Uh. Week 7 closed out with, as we said, one of the worst primetime games of the year so far between the Saints and Seahawks. It also signaled the end of a catastrophic bye week in which multiple studs rode the pines. Our game of the week was a tightly contested matchup between the 3-3 three and three, QB's anti-vax and the 5-1. and one. I got this, I really do. Ben was looking to get a positive win total through seven weeks, while Ross was looking to shake off his first loss of the season after a red heart 5-0 start. Thursday night's action ended on a fairly even keel, as Ben and Fant produced just 8.9 points, while Ross saw returning Landry and the Broncos D combined for 12.7 points. So far, so bland. But Sunday night each team found their studs, and they're duds. QB Antivax had just McLaurin get over 20 points, but saw solid double-digit output from Hopkins, Fournette, Brown, Ridley, Edmonds, Bullock, and Mixon. But a goose egg from a usually stout Ravens D kept him in check. On the flip side, I got this had Rodgers and Godwin reach over the 20 points with other solid scoring from Kelsey and Renfro. However... He got less than stellar scoring from Jones, Williams, Callaway, and Suckup. As we headed to the late night's action Colts 49ers game, Ben carried a 16-point lead and still had QB Carson Wentz to play. Ross had wide receiver Debo Samuel to play for his side. Debo had an excellent night, putting up 26 points and threatened victory. But Carson Wentz would rush for a touchdown. And in that, he got 8 points, which ultimately made the difference in a close one. QB Antivax claimed their second win in a row and moved to 4-3 through 7. 
I got this, I really do. Beginning to feel the heat. And drops his second in a row. Finishing week seven, five, and two. Oh, you know Ben's going to be buzzing after this one. Uh, what a slug match. Two guys juked it out. Both had their ups, both had their downs. Um, big win for Ben here. Big win for Ben. Oh, just to know on Carson Wentz, he's really starting to put it together now with the Colts. They uh, look a lot better and so does he. He's uh, getting way less panicky in that pocket. And they're a stud receiver away from being a real high-powered offense. Yeah, indeed. And and, and you even see him, uh, even see Carson starting to rush a little bit. Uh, yeah. Breaking out of the pocket as he did back in his close to MVP season uh, when they won the Super Bowl yeah, for a few sure. years back. Jonathan Taylor's one of the best backs in the league at the minute as well. Uh, he's having a great year. And they're using him. Um, but yeah, big win here from Ben. Uh, both teams here, Ross and Ben, kind of got let down by some guys, but also had big scores from guys. and This really was back and forth the whole time. Um, ben pulls it out. He's going to be happy. Indeed. Indeed. So despite Owen, me and you being the lowest scorers of the week this week, we still managed to avoid the beatdown of the week. That honour befell the injured reserve for an unprecedented third week in a row. Last week, we anticipated Aina was walking into a buzzsaw, and so it turned out. AJ Brown, though, returned in fine style, along with tight end Uzama, both hitting the 20-point mark. But only Rager and Heineke would reach double digits elsewhere for the injured reserve. Mahomes, Williams, Hubbard, Cooks, Smith, Myers, and the Eagles' D would all combine for around 33% of the week's total score. Woof! In contrast, that's so Ravens piled it on. While McKissick, Andrews and Garoppolo would fail to hit double digits, Cup would reach into the 30s again, Stafford again, and Dearness Johnson would hit into the 20s, with Moore, Mitchell, Jacobs and the Packers D all reaching the high teens. And a week's top score of 182 points even. So that so Ravens hit the top of the pile on their own for the first time. A league record best, 6-1. The injured reserve already want the season to end as they see blowout after blowout after blowout and sit at the bottom staring up on 2-5. and five. <laughs> Another dismal week for Ada. There's just no good news here. There's no good news whatsoever in his team right now. And uh, another juggernaut week from Steven. I mean, he's just this is totally blowing him out here. And stud after stud on his side. I mean, he was even let down by some guys and still had 182 points. Um, yep. That uh, Stafford Cup uh, stack has been absolutely lightning for him all year. Cooper Cup is just having an out, unbelievable, unprecedented season. Um, and he's going to be hard to beat as long as that keeps going. I mean, that's he's nearly guaranteed 60 points between the two of them every week. I mean, that's, 
<laughs> I mean, that's hard to beat. That is hard to beat indeed. We'll see how it all transpires as we head to the second half of the season. This is Cooper Cup's fourth or- week this season over 30 points. And he is wide receiver one across the board. So game three saw a resurging three and three mediocre football team come fresh off back-to-back giant killings to face a luckless two and four I might have to trade. In a game they had to have, I might have to trade got off to the worst possible start. When they started, an injured reserve headed Kareem Hunt for Thursday night's game. Things wouldn't get a whole pile better on Sunday. Despite a 30-plus point night from Mike Evans and 21-plus points from Mike Kosicki, there wasn't much else to get excited about. Teddy B, Tyreek, Matty Ice and the the Pats D would all see double digits, but only Matty Ice of that group would break 15 points. Sanders, Cobb, Hines and Tucker would help themselves to a combined 17.6 points. Woof. For Adam, a goose egg from a since-dropped Chris Moore aside, and Myers just falling short of 10 points, he would see solid double-digit scoring across the board, highlighted by 20-plus points from Big Mac Jones on Sunday and capped off by 33.9 points from Alvin Kamara on Monday night. Mediocre football team take their third win in a row and sit 4-3 and three after an awful 1-3 and three start. I have no one to trade. Now sit 2-5 and five and look for a spark to ignite the second half of their season. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, Adam continues his uh, his uh, flying up that roller coaster. Uh, he's having a, a a hell of a run the last couple of weeks. Got himself in the in the winning column again. Oh, huge mistake here from Parik playing Kareem Hunt in a week littered with uh, buys. He had one skill position player on buy and still managed to play somebody who was injured. Um, big mistake. Don't know if it would have mattered in the long run, but still, these are this amateur hour stuff. Oh, Princess Park. But uh, fair play to Adam. He uh, continues a good run, and he's uh, in the win column again. Brilliant. Indeed, yeah. After saying after a one and three start, he's turned it around nicely and is uh, right in the hunt. Yeah, especially a lot of a lot of other teams are going the other direction. So I mean, he's definitely going uh, keeping himself in the mix. Indeed, indeed. Well, game number four, we pegged to be game of the week last week, and it came close. A 3-3 three and three Greensdale human beings took on a 4-2 and two Kenneth Killers in a juicy one. This one saw solid scoring from both teams, with a few duds. But those duds were dudly. Greensdale had three points from Butker and a goose egg from St. Brown. Kenneth Killers had one point from Davis, 3.6 from Patrick, and two from the Panthers D. Greensdale got into the 20s through Tannehill Pitts, Carr, and the Bucks D. Kenneth Killers got into the 20s with Brady, Swifton, Tungavailoa. 
And while the Killers had five more players in the teens, their highest scorer would be Taylor with just 16. Greensdale's teen scores had Adams, Patterson and Henry all within three and a half points of hitting the 20 mark. And there the difference lay. Greensdale human beings take it by just under 17 points and move to 4-3. and three. Moving on up. Kenneth Killers take the loss. Also move to 4-3. and three. Moving on down. Yeah, we definitely lived up to the billing here. Uh, another slug match. Um, Green's done well to come on top here now. Kirana, he's been in a nice bit of form lately and... Uh, he's got a nice little team. Uh, this was a, a good one. As you said, both teams had their ups and downs. Kieran's definitely going to be happy with uh, Tua Tungavailoa coming back. He's put two solid weeks together now, both 20-plus point weeks. Looking good to go forward, if they keep him, that is. Um, but yeah, slug match, King Henry, uh, down week for him with only 16.4 points. Uh, how dare he only have that much? <laughs> But enough, enough for Gree to get the W. Cardell Patterson again having a, a big week. Yeah, yeah, it continues to uh, to churn him out against the odds, does our Cordero. Yeah. And of course, Pitts, we mentioned earlier, going, uh, going on a flyer again. 163 yards, crazy. Indeed, indeed. Well, now we come to the podcaster's Review section. This is not the end of the show. No, I thought we were done. That's we are not all the matchups for this we, week. Thanks, guys. We will not shy See you away. Next week, we will not shy away. On <laughs> we will not have it be said. The integrity of the podcast is at stake. Oh, this is hysterical. <laughs> so, game number five. We start off with a four and two unnecessary roughness team on the back of a four-game win streak. Took on the two and four. Dalvin and the Chipmunk side, who came off the back of a big win and were looking to keep in the playoff hunt. Plenty of studs rode the pines for this one. Unnecessary roughness were missing Najee Harris, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper. But the Chipmunks were missing Dalvin Cook, Dak Prescott, Stefan Diggs. While it mattered to unnecessary roughness, it didn't matter. To the Chipmunks. As only Ayuk, Moore and the 49ers D would fail to reach double digits. As all other positions reached that feat. Compounded by the one-two punch of Burrow and Chase. Who combined for a ridiculous 60.74 points between them. This put the Ravens to the sword on Sunday. And put unnecessary roughness to the sword over the weekend. The response for my unnecessary roughness backups was pitiful. In fact, McKinnon, Julio, Komet, Mooney, Green, Anderson, Gay, and the Browns D all combined for 52.7 points. That was 8 points short of Burrow and Chase show alone. Self-woof, Al. Self-woof. <laughs> All day Sunday, I went back and forth whether to play Anderson or Russell Gage in the flex. I went with Anderson, and Gage ended up with 16.7 points. A nice game. 
My only happiness from the game was that that decision matter didn't even matter in the slightest. It wouldn't have made an iota of difference. The four game win streak comes to a shuddering end. But I sit content at four and three at the halfway mark. In a game they had to have, Dalvin and the Chipmunks take their second in a row and move to three and four and well back in to the playoff hunt. It's a bad week, Al. Self Wolf. It's a bad week. Self Wolf. Three players in the double digits. I mean, that's, that's dismal. Dismal stuff. Dismal. But look, a yeah. uh, real nice week here from Gwynny, to be fair. Um, yep. Got uh, got some nice scores. Um, still on that Brendan Ayuk train. That's on the road to nowhere. I don't think he's going to be there too much longer. I think the bye week just uh, gave him another start. But no, Quinny's after putting two nice weeks together now. And uh, he's right back in the middle of it. He's right back in the mix. He's going to be knocking on that door. And uh, a nice win for him. Real nice win for him. Uh, I was talking to him recently. And uh, he's definitely a little more cheerful. A little more cheerful about the, the future. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, two weeks ago he was sitting on one and four. Looked like the season could be over. Two wins, he's right back in it. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And as you mentioned, uh, some real studs on the uh, on by this week, and uh, still gets a, a good win against uh, your team. Was rolling there for multiple weeks. You know, you. Uh, yeah, yeah. First, Fair first plan. loss for unnecessary How roughness. That's it. Since the rebrand, first loss. And so to game six, a basement battle of old rivals as two and four. Where are my squibs? So gone a one and five, walking dead. Not for the faint-hearted. This game combined for 223.2 points, which was not far over the season's top single team week score of 207.32. Three players in total would reach the 20-point threshold. Murray for the squibs, Hertz and Pittman for the walking dead. The squibs would only see Woods and Hertz get to double digits. The walking dead would see Herbert, Williams and Smith climb there also. The walking dead then would see an awful return from six other players who combined would fail to score more than Jalen Hurts did on his own at 22.5 points. Woof. The Squibs, on the other hand, would see eight players fail to hit double digits and they would all combine for less than the aforementioned Murray, Woods and Hurts combined for... Woofest. A big win it was then for the Walking Dead, who claimed their second win of the season... Move to 2-5 and five, and eye up a possible another winnable game in week 8. As for a kick in the squibs, they appear to have lost their squibs after seeing a 2-0 and o start nosedive into a 2-5 and five finish for the first half of the season. Change most certainly could be afoot. So, I asked a good friend of the show... Coach Jim Mora about their playoff chances at this point. And this is what Coach had to say. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Playoffs indeed, Coach. Playoffs indeed. 
bad. There's nothing I, I have no... There's nothing I can say here. This is bad. This is real bad. I had eight players on by this week. I had I have injuries. It's, the guys I play aren't doing well. I'm getting... I'm just killed here. I have nothing. There's no... Uh, I have nothing to stand. I have no leg to stand on here. It's bad. Fair play to Keane. Um, it's always sore when you lose to Keane. Um, but he <laughs> needed a win and he got one. He got one. He got an easy target. I'm feeling more and more like the whipping boy. If um, I'm just down there with Anna now, really, you know. Uh, might have to blow it up. That's it. That's it. Might have to blow it up. Indeed. These things have to be done. So, let's take a look at how the league is stacking up. The below average Joes. Seems juggernaut. That's so Ravens. Two games clear on 6-1. and one. But Ben's QB anti-vax now in positive standing on 4-3. and three. One game ahead of Dalvin and the Chipmunks on 3-4. and four. Porrex I might have to trade. Now a couple of games back on possible playoff chances. 2-5. and five. It's a Tough ask. Donkey's asses division. One game separates the top three. Ross and I got this, I really do. Five and two. Greensdale's human beings and unnecessary roughness battling it out. Four and three. With the walking dead bringing up the rear and two and five. Also with a mountain to climb. The suckiest bunch of sucks division. Now has a new leader for the first time. Mediocre football team shoot to the top four and three. Tied in second. Kenneth Killers also 4-3. And, and just as we talked about Owens kicking the squibs and Aina's injured reserve battling it out for that number one pick in 2022. 2-5. It doesn't make for a pleasant reading, I can tell you. It does not. So, when we get to the playoffs, the division winners will go through followed by the next three best teams at the moment. We've got seven teams in positive standing with Quinny's team one game back. Then we've got three, four teams battling it out on two and five to stay in the playoff picture over the next two to three weeks. Yeah. The time is quickly running out. If it, uh, if it all ended today, the playoffs were next week, it would be Stephen, Green, Ben, Ross... You and Adam in the playoffs. Which would lose out Kieran, is that correct? Which means, yeah, Kieran is out, Quinny out, Park out, Ana out, Keen out, me out. There you go. But, we're only seven weeks through. We've got seven weeks left. There's a lot to play for, including the final three games of the season being individual mat- in divisional matchups, which could... With the cat amongst the pigeons. They're the tasty ones. Indeed. Indeed. Alright. Let's move on and find out who's our goat of the week. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is. Plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. This week's goat of the week is going to Stephen. And is that so Ravens team? This is Stephen's first goat of the week. Surprisingly... Being that he's six and one, but well deserved this week. Top score blows out Ana. Did what he needed to do. 
team to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Led smack it down this week. Uh, as we talked about earlier, that big stack of uh, Stafford and Cup being a huge help. And um, he's got a nice little team. He's got a nice little uh, young running back room. I like it. Yeah. I like, uh, I like yeah. the look of his yeah. team. Uh, he's got we 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 pegged him from the outset, and he picked up uh, he picked up a couple of good waivers since uh, just uh, pushing him along. Yeah, definitely, and obviously he had that big week uh, from the Cleveland running back, Dearness Johnson. Yes, indeed. So that leaves us with Scrot of the week. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. So this week's scroll of the week is going to my fellow podcaster and brother Owen Byrne. Hi. <laughs> Owen, your name was floated around the scroll of the week last week. You avoided that this week. No avoiding it this week. No, yeah, it was, we were. Uh, we definitely discussed it last week. Um, decided to go a different way. But, uh, no, 100% deserved this week. Dismal week. Bad scoring all round. Uh, low score of the week. Got clobbered by not even a high score. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, 117.02 points Keane had. That's, that's a very beatable score, and I got bet. Uh, it's not good enough, and it hasn't been for a number of weeks now. Indeed. Indeed. It's trash. Well, let's look at the road ahead and see if it gets any easier for you, Owen. <laughs> really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Week 8. Sees your podcasters going head to head. Owens. Kicking the squibs at two and five. Take on unnecessary roughness four and three. We're supposed to be in America. It'll be on Irish soil. Yeah, yeah, that's the unexciting part about <laughs> uh, this one. Uh, anything like last week, and this is going to be uh, a slugfest at the wrong end. Indeed, indeed. And not only that, but my 49ers take on your uh, Chicago Bears, which also could be dismal watching. <laughs> oh, it's going to be... Tr- that's that's uh, saying Seahawks part two, that is. Then, also at the bottom, the 2-5 and five injured reserve will take on uh, a resurging 4-3 and three QB anti-vax. Ben... Fancying his chances here against uh, a beleaguered Aina. Yeah, Ben's definitely in a bit of form, and uh, he's going to be uh, definitely going to be confident going into this one. He likes to be confident at the best of the times, so if it's any week to be confident, it's this week. Indeed, indeed. Now, we've got four more matches in the league, and they are juicy. Every single one. A six and one that's so Ravens takes on a four and three Greensdale human beings. Another slugfest in the making here. Yeah. Could be a barn burner. A four and three mediocre football team takes on a three and four Dalvin and the Chipmunks. Hot streak against hot streak. Yeah. 
A two and five, Walking Dead. Takes on a two and five. I might have to trade. Boat needed. Boat needed. And a four and three, Kenneth Killers takes on a five and two. I got this, I really do. Oh, again, Juicy. what a, a slug. All those four games, really high potential to be game of the week. I mean, they're both all going to be close. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Week eight, yeah. pencil it in. Oh, super a interesting nice, week. Nice setup. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a look at week seven. From the If You're Not First, You're Last Fantasy Redraft League. If you ain't first, you're last. Week 7 in the league. Saw a really tight one at the top. A 4-2 and two Unnecessary Roughness took on a 4-2 and two Fantasy Football Team. Unnecessary Roughness taking it with 7.5 points. Moving to 5-2 and two and top of the league. Big win for me there. Yeah, um, that was uh, it was always going to be lined up as a close game, and you definitely came out on the right side. Indeed, indeed. Things not going any better on this side for Ada, is Dalvin and Chipmunk's side, losing their fifth of the season now two and five, for the Kenneth Killers, who jumped to five and two and joined top. Yeah, another nice week from uh, Kieran over here and. Again, two tongue Vilo coming good for him over here as well. Big week from Kamara and Devontae Adams too, uh, getting him uh, getting him the big W. Indeed. Speaking of big W's, a two and four kicking the squibs to gone a four and two. Mr. Meek seeks in the destroyers and on gets a victory at last. Oh, get in there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, needed this one, uh, Slipping, didn't want to slip to two and five here as well, but uh, yeah, that's a, a tasty one over green. Now, I have to say, definitely happy with that one. Yes, yes, a four game win streak now for Andrew and Deck to the Future. He started three and oh, has turned it around to four and three as he hammers Adam's hot chub time machine by more than 72 points. A big loss. Adam flying high in the Balls Deep League. Now on a five-game losing streak here and sitting at the bottom one and six. Yeah, absolutely shellacked here by Andrew. Uh, impressive scoring from Andrew's team here again. Uh, literally uh, no one really letting him down. Uh, bar um, Devontae Parker, but he didn't uh, really play that much. So. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, Ross and Ben also went head-to-head -head this week in the Redraft League. This time, Ross came out on top. Both teams came in 3-3. Three and three. Ross takes the victory, and uh, he moves to 4-3. Ben, on the opposite end, going to 3-4. and four. Yeah, definitely uh, in the build-up looked like it was going to be a tight one, and it was. And uh, Ross getting the double on this side of the line. Absolutely. Less than two and a half points in the difference. That one was a tight one. So look at the table. Unnecessary Roughness and Kenneth Killers lead the way 5-2. and two. Fantasy football team. Mr. Meek Seeks and Destroyers. Deck to the future. Steps the way I like it. All in positive territory and in the playoff positions at 4-3. and three. 
My ball sack hurts. And the suckiest bunch of sucks are a three and four in a game outside the playoffs. Delvin and the Chipmunks, a further game back. Hot chub time machine. All to do to have any shot at the playoffs. But uh, at a one and six, looking pretty unlikely. Yeah, but eight teams still in the mix. Um, a lot to play for uh, between now and the end of the season. For show. Alrighty, that brings us to the end of our week seven rundown. As I said, we're halfway there. We still have another half season of football ahead. It is no doubt going to go by as quickly as the first seven did. So set those lineups. Keep those injured guys where they belong. Park. And uh, yeah, let's go at it for week eight. A lot yeah. of tasty matchups. Less, a uh, lot of less buys to deal with this week. Uh, just two teams on buy this week, being uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Baltimore Ravens. The only two teams on buy this week, so that's definitely going to help with those, uh, those injuries and such. Indeed, indeed. Studs are back. Let's get it on. Yes. Until until next week, we'll talk to you then. Take it easy, guys. Bye.